Hey there. Hi, Dad. Hi, Grandpa. How we doing? Bless. Yes. So we're in Proverbs 22. Yes. Verse 16. Proverbs 22, verse 16. I uh, I found a I found a real good book. What was it? I found this book by this uh, by a lady named Sheila Zelinsky. Hmm. She's a, she's a radio host um, that that was she was actually in politics. She was actually in politics for a while, and uh, and she's 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 well educated. Um, but she wrote a book back in the 90s um, based on a, 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 an older book that was written in the 60s and 70s, a paperback book called The Green Cloak. Now, if you can find a, a, a copy of that book, it's about $700 for that paperback book. Oh, my goodness. Um <clears throat> But I got a copy of Sheila Zelinsky's book that's called The Green Gospel. Uh-huh. And right off the beginning, I found something very interesting. Very interesting. And, and you guys will know why I'm so interested in this, because those of us that have been doing this for a while, you know that I was very, I'm very fascinated with the with the with with the archaic religions that have morphed the metamorphosis of the gods, quote unquote, if you will, um, over time, that I believe that these fallen angels have just changed their names and put, you know, put on some lipstick and a different suit of clothes and called themselves a different god over and over and over again all throughout time. And, and so I, I, I study, I read everything I can on these, on, on these pagan religions so that you can see the, sim, the, the similarities. Uh, Jesus said that, that they have not, nothing of their own. They don't have any wisdom of their own. They don't have any understanding of their, uh, uh, of they, I mean, what he says is they don't get any wisdom from God. No. They don't get any inspiration from God that all they have is of their own resources. Right. So so the end result of that is that they use the same game over and over and over again. Yeah, just different lipstick. Yep. Just just a different suit, different name. Uh, they they run in the back, they change costumes, they come back out and pretend to be a different character. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and what I what I found out is that that a, a lot of these new modern um, socialist uh, socialist modern uh, agendas are all and and now remember this book that I'm reading is 30 years old, um, but but a lot of these agendas are actually based on a pagan religion those back in the land of Canaan. And and so, and this religion is still alive and well. Uh-huh. It's still alive and well. Yes. And and it involves all the tra- transgendering, the 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 gender bendering, the abortions, the uh, controlling the weaponry of the populace. Because by controlling the 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 weaponry of the populace, then then the religious institution 
those who have been selected, quote unquote, to be uh, the leaders or those who are in power, uh-huh, those who get the power are can only maintain power in a in this in this religion if the populace is disarmed. Right. The one who has the weapons holds the power. So it's it's very interesting as they go down these agendas over and over and, and these ideas of socialism, these ideas of redistributed wealth. And and, you know, so because a lot of times we like to think back to Marxism, we like to think back to socialism. We think, well, this is history repeating itself. No, no. Little do we know this goes back thousands of years. Yeah. Thousands of years. These What's demons the- run the same plays over and over and over again. If they were a football team, they'd never win a game. The other team would study their plays and knock them out every single time. Right. Are the Cleveland Browns? Well, yeah, something like that. They've been running the same plays since 1964. So, what's the name of the religion, brother? Is there a specific name or? Yeah, it's called Gaia. It's what, well, actually, it, you know, throughout time, they dressed it up and changed the name a bazillion times. But the original, apparently, the original name of the religion is Gaia, G A I A. Mm. Gaia. So, anyway, very, very, very interesting to read that. Um, very interesting to put these things into perspective and to see where they all tie together. Because a lot of times I look at what's going on in the world today. I'm like, well, what does this have to do with this? I mean, I can understand why you want to take everybody that worked hard and take all their stuff and redistribute it to everybody else. I get that. Even though I don't like it, I, I can understand, you know, it's the, 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 the lust of, of, the, of the eyes, right? The pride of life. Right. So it uh oh the desire of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Right. So those things all fall in under under the things that, that you know tempt us into immorality. Yeah. But but what does that have to do with killing babies? I mean, I who, who would I understand that people make decisions and and a lot of times they regret those decisions later okay i get that i understand that but i mean but why go out and glorify it yeah why go out and and make it like a way of life why go out and promote it that that we should go make a baby just so that we can abort the baby that's that's insanity you know um, but then when you see it all tied together and see that it's part of it's it's part of this part of this sacrifice to this religion. Well, Molech, for instance, that's what they did. Yes, Molech, that's 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 what they did. They killed they killed the children. They even put them in clay pots and cooked them alive. Yeah. Beat the drums really loud so that the father couldn't hear the baby crying. Yes. And and Molech is probably part of this religion. Um, that's been renamed. Once I get through the book, I'll have a better understanding, you know, to be able to tie that together. Right. But. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Gaia is also the mother of the Titans in Greek mythology. 
Interesting. Yep. And 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 the female and and the yeah the earth goddess. That's right. And and so you see all these global warming agendas that are running around here and all that that all ties into the earth goddess the earth goddess worship. Right. So all right. So we're in Proverbs twenty two, verse sixteen. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and say our prayers. Father, thank you for this time together as a family to read your word. We ask that as we come before your word tonight, Father, that you would open up our eyes and open up our ears, that you would bless and keep us, that you would lead us, that you would feed us. Father, as we come before your word, we ask that you would forgive us for any sins that we have, anything that we have against you, any place where we've been a stumbling block. Please help us, Lord, to do what's right. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 <clears throat> oh, uh, Dad, you prayed for my church. You guys are in a church that has river in the name. So am yeah. I. Riverton. Um, my pastor called me over there today and he said they're getting rid of all the different boards that they had, all the finance board and the... Um, piecemeal board in the board of of spiritual direction and all these different boards that they have like most of these denominational churches they're getting rid of all that and they're going to make it considerably smaller seven people um they're going to follow the model for second Tim second timothy puts before them and uh and 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 apparently the church voted um, that they wanted me to be one of the seven. Mm. So, congratulations! That's that's uh, that's an honor. I had no idea that. I had no idea. Yeah. Praise, that's great. Praise yeah. God, brother! That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, it's 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 really that's really that's a that's a big big thing to me. Yeah. So um, we're in verse 16 tonight, and we're going to start. He that oppresses the poor to increase his riches, and he that gives to the rich shall surely come to want. Now, it's interesting that God's word says to us, he that oppresses the poor, the poor in order to become rich. He that oppresses the poor in order to become rich, he's going to become he's going to become poor. He'll surely come to want. Right. And we can understand that's kind of justice. That's God's justice. We get our head wrapped around that. But you notice that there's a comma there, and he says, and he that gives to the rich. Mm. And he the rich. Because God expects us to give to who? Him. The to poor. His part and to the poor. Yes. So, so if we take, if we take, what we're what God expects us to give away and in our charity we're giving it to a rich person why 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 do we give why do we give our charity to a rich person we give it to him to find favor right to garner favor yeah so we have evil motives so mm. so God's word says that if we give to the rich if we give to those who already have we give to them that we're going to come to want we're going to come to lack so 
so if we are not good stewards of what God has given us, then he'll take away even that which we already have. What did Jesus say? <laughs> right? He'll take away even that which you already have. Yeah. So um, that's that that was that was a very interesting one that I had highlighted and written some notes down by. Uh, verse 17 says, bow down thy ear and hear the words of the wise. In other words, pay attention to the truth. Yes. Bow down thy ear and hear the words of the wise and apply. <laughs> My wife. She's printing while I'm talking, and the printer's like a foot away from my ear. So, bow down thy ear. Bow down. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise, and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. Another interpretation of that says, Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your mind to know them. Yeah, that's uh, King James, isn't it? It that, is. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, verse 18. For it is a pleasant thing if thou keep them within thee, they shall withal be fitted in thy lips, that thy trust may be in the Lord. I have made known to thee this day, even to thee, Here's another interpretation of that. The first part's easy for us to get. We understand it because we've heard this over and over. This is this is this is the principle of God. The first part says, For they are pleasant when thou dost keep them in their heart, in thy heart. They are prepared together for thy lips. This this and what is this that talking about? It's talking about the words of the wise. It's talking about God's words. Yes. Okay. God's words. God's words, they're going to be pleasant when you keep them in your heart. They're going to be prepared together for thy lips. That, they, that thy trust may be in Jehovah, I cause thee to know today, even thou. He, yeah. says, he says, I cause thee to know today, even, even you, even you, I've caused you to know today, that they, these are going to cause you to trust in Jehovah. So if you take God's word and you hold it in your heart, they're going to be sweet. And they're going to cause you to have trust in Jehovah. So, so the principle is actually very simple. If you say, I, man, I wish I had faith like that person. If you want faith like that person, or, or if you say, man, I wish I had faith like Sammy, or you say, I wish I had faith like Lynn, or you say, I, I wish I had faith like Sky. You know, well, well, how do you get that faith? Through the you word. Get, you get that faith by the word. You take God's word and you take it into you and you don't just fill your head with it. You take it from your head and you let it settle in your heart. Exactly. And, and how do you do that? You take the word in, not just memorizing the word, but you think about the word and you say to yourself inside, you say, man, <coughs> that's that's a righteous word right there. That's a good word. I can see the knowledge. I can see the understanding of that word. But I'm going to, we can even go more basic than that. You guys know how I literally, and I still do this, all right? 
This is how I literally do it. I sit down in front of God's word and I speak to Holy Spirit and I say, Holy Spirit, please help me take in this word like a small child. Please help me take this word into my heart. And Lord, please amaze me in your word because I'm looking in here right now, seeking your face. Let me find your face. And I find that even when I think I'm not taking anything in, everything that I read, when Holy Spirit is ready and I'm talking to somebody, it all comes right back out. It's all there. It's written in my heart. It's written in my heart. I have found that to be very, very, very helpful. Yes. Talking, talking to God about his word before you read. Yes. Yes. Extremely helpful. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, and, and look, that's what his word tells us to do. That's part of putting our trust in him. But I, I can't imagine the, how many people sit down and they, they, they're, they're actually, they have, they're well-intentioned. They sit down in front of God's word and they're trying to memorize God's word. And I know entire denominations that have a ton of God's word memorized. Yeah. And very little of it, if any, has come to life for them. Because they're they're missing a key component there. You know? I I always ask him to um let it grow deep roots in my heart, like unshakable Amen. roots that are never gonna go away. Amen. Yeah, let the word lay down deep roots in our hearts because the parable of the sower of the seed, when Jesus says, and the enemy, the evil one, will immediately come and steal the seed away. That's right. Before it has time to root. Before it has time to root. That evil one will come and immediately try to steal the seed away. And I think in my heart, I believe, Anyway, that part of the meaning of that is they receive the word and they're real happy about it. But then they let the cares of the world just take over and so they never have, have any reason. Yep, they get choked out. Yes, sir. So verse 20 says, verse 20 says, have not I written to the excellent things in counsels and knowledge? That's somebody's car alarm. They're in the rain. <laughs> Have not I written to the excellent things and counsels and knowledge that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee. Let me give you another. Let, let's, let's get another uh, interpretation of that. Have not I written unto the excellent things of counsels and knowledge to make you know the certainty of the words of truth. That you mayest carry back words of truth to them that sent you. Let me read it again. Another translation. Have I not written to you beforehand with counsels and with knowledge to teach you the righteous words of truth that thou mayest answer truth to them that send ye send you to them that inquire of you how about that 
Right. In other words, God's not God's saying, have I not prepared ahead of time? Have I not prepared ahead of time all the knowledge and understanding that you need? Have I not prepared for you all the truths, all the answers that you need to all of your questions? Have I not prepared it all for you so that when other people come to you and ask you questions about life, you have the answers? Prepared all the knowledge you need. You have everything you need. Knowledge that you can reply in truth to truth. Right. Get get hold to that for a second in your heart. It's knowledge that you can reply in truth to truth. So you have that you not only do you have the knowledge and the understanding, but you have the knowledge that lines up with the truth of God's word. And you can speak, you can speak an answer that is truer than it's truer than the world that we walk in. Yeah. It's more real than the desk that we're that we sit at. It's more solid than the ground that we walk on. It's it's more important to life than the air that we're breathing while we read it. That is the truth. That is that is an answering truth right there. And God asks us straight out, have I not prepared all this for you? All of it's here. Yeah. Every answer you need, it's all here. And and every and every question that anybody's gonna ask you, you have all the answers right here. I've prepared it all for you beforehand. He is amazing. He is good. Praise God. That verse blew me away when I read it. I read it over and over and over again, letting it sink into me. And I was realizing what he was saying, that what he was saying is, look, you don't ever have a reason to answer anything in any way other than the truth as it stands before God. Do you think about that when when you're standing in court and they have you put your hand on a bible and they say do you swear to tell the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth but here's the thing with man we have varying degrees of the truth we can we can tell truths that have omissions and we can tell half truths and, and and half lies and and we can tell lies that aren't really lies and truths that aren't really truths and it all depends on your perspective and you know, people manipulate all that. But the truth that stands before God, there's no other truth. There's no halfway. It's, it's diamonds. It's flawless diamonds. It cuts anything. And it can't be broken. Verse 22. Rob not the poor because he is poor. Neither oppress the afflicted in the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause and spoil the soul of those that spoil death. Get that right there. There's a curse. There's a curse. There's a curse. If you know somebody that there's that their soul is spoiled. If you look around you in this world right now and you can think of anybody whose soul is spoiled, it's, it's turned rotten, like rotten milk. 
their soul is spoiled. Then this is the reason right here. God tells you exactly why it happened. Why did it happen? Because they have robbed the poor. And God says, rob not the poor because he is poor, neither oppress the afflicted in the gate. So they oppressed the afflicted and they robbed the poor. And the consequence of oppressing the, 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 the afflicted and robbing the poor, the consequence is your soul will be rotten within you. Yep. Mm. That is the consequence. So if, it, if there's anybody that wonders, how does this happen? How does a person come to this point? There's your answer right there in God's word. God says he himself, for the Lord will please their cause. God himself will institute the spoiling of their souls. That's where a lot of people use the word karma, but I don't think it's a comparison. No, it's not, I, I don't think that, yeah. I agree with you that karma is what the term that the world likes to use to that. Um, but, but I don't think that karma, well, especially for us believers, karma is a very light hearted word compared to what this is. Yes. I, I tell you, the widow, the orphan and the poor, God is going to protect. God is going to protect them. And, and may God have mercy on the person who decides to take advantage of that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, verse 24. Verse 24. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to your soul. So what's that saying? It says, don't be friends. Don't have, don't have no fellowship with a man that's addicted to wrath. A, a person that's angry all the time, don't be friends with them. Don't lodge with a friend who is passionate. A person who's being led by their emotions, don't lodge with them. Don't live with them. And it here tells you why. Because you might learn their ways and cause your own soul, your own life, to be caught in a snare. You might learn their ways. Their ways, their ways might rub off on you. Verse 26 and 27. Be not thou one of them that strike hands, or of them that, that are sureties for debts. If thou hast nothing to pay, why should he take away thy bed from under thee? What's another interpretation of that is? Don't be not one of those who give their hand to the pledge. Don't, don't shake hands with somebody and say, yeah, I'm going to take care of that next week. Of those who become surety for debt. So don't, don't co-sign for other people's debts. We've talked about this before. For if you have not the means to pay, your own bet will be taken out of money. So if you don't have the means to pay for that person that you're vouching for, what little bit you have, even that's going to be taken away from you. Verse 28, 
this is about property boundaries. I've given testimony about this before. We had a neighbor that kept moving our property boundaries. And my wife went and confronted him about it. And he said they had been hunting that land forever. And it was just tough if she didn't like it because his friends were the police. That man lost his family, he lost his job, he lost his house foreclosure. And I mean lickety split, it wasn't even six months. God does not mess around with somebody that messes with proper doctors. Here it is. Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Don't mess with the boundaries that have been established. When God gives a man his land, God gives a man his land. I believe many a nation has been cursed because they tried to change the boundaries for the for, for, for Israel. Yep. They tried to change the property markers for Israel, and that's why they are eternally cursed. Ending failure. That's right. And if you want to see written out today, if you know anything about America, you know exactly which party it is or which group of people it is that have been instrumental in moving the landmarks of Israel. Yep. And they can't win anything. They lose everything. Yeah, they're, they're going to lose it all. They lose everything. Everything they touch turns to mud. They have the opposite of the Midas touch. Everything they touch turns to poo. It's terrible. And 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 I and I'm not saying it to to be partisan. I'm saying it from a spiritual standpoint. If you believe in God's word, if you're standing on God's word, you believe these words, you can see the result of this. You can see this is absolutely true, absolutely true in the world we have today. That's right. Yeah, but if you say that, if you say that out loud to people, then, you know, you're wrong, you're judgmental, you're self-righteous, you're questioning other people's relationship with the Lord. Well, you're saying that if you mention it as, a, as, as, your, as an opinion piece. If I say it after I read the Word of God straight out of the Word of God, then what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, look, it says so right here in God's Word. That's it. And so if I'm wrong, if my interpretation is wrong, well, then prove me wrong. Go ahead and move the property markers for them and show me what a winner you are. Go ahead and prove me wrong. Right? We can, we can I can challenge them to that because there is no time in the history of the world. There is nobody that's ever moved the property markers that God established. They came out on top. At all. At all. No one ever comes out on top whenever they challenge the Lord. Well, specifically, no but see, we're, we're getting specific here that God talks about these property markers. And, and, and if we think about it, those property markers, that, that property that God gave to his people is a very tiny little drop in the sand yeah. of this world. It and, is. And yet for thousands and thousands of years, there has always perpetually been 
a nation or multiple nations that covet that piece of land, that want that land. They can't stand it. They're ate up with jealousy. They're zealous to have that land. They want to keep squeezing in and changing the property markets. So you know, you know that it's blessed. You know that that land is blessed because that is inherently on the inside, on the spiritual level, that's actually what they want. They don't want the sand and the rocks. They want the blessing. So, uh, verse 29. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before men, mean men. Have you seen a man? Hey, have any of you seen a, a man who is very diligent in his businesses? He's going to stand before kings. He's going to stand before the leaders of the world. You didn't see that he's going to kneel down before them. He's not going to bow down before them. He's going to stand before the leaders of the world. He shall, he shall not stand before mean men. He won't even bother to stand in front of, in, in front of mean men. So um, there you go. That's the end of the end of the chapter, Dad. It's all yours. We ended the chapter, huh? We did. Well, God is good. Well, God, God I think is very good. You see a lot of things take place within the next year, year and a half. Amen. Uh, God may end all of it before then because he can come tomorrow. He can come tonight. But as we look at, at the progression of the meanness, uh, God is about through with it. Amen. And I believe earnestly we need to pray for our leaders. Earnestly. Yes, we do. I believe it's in chapter 13 of Romans, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, we're, we're challenged, charged to pray for our leaders. And I think most people pray against the leaders. We need to pray for our leaders. And by doing so, we can ask God also and, and command the evil spirits that use men and women to be uh, dispelled. So, Father, as we come to you tonight, we thank you for this study, for the study of your word. Your word is truth. Your word, Lord, does not change. You said, I change not. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, every time that any president has tried to give away Israel, Jerusalem, or the land, there's bad things that have happened every time. And Father, we ask you, Lord, tonight to protect your people. Put a hedge about them, Father, that people cannot penetrate in any way, of shape, or form. Pray, Lord, for our leaders. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would challenge the hearts of men and women to do what's right. I pray, Father, for the salvation of souls. That would be the best thing that could happen. 
Lord, I bind in the name of Jesus the enemy that has taken over our country. I tear down every stronghold and I plead the blood of Jesus against this enemy. I thank you, Lord, for what Sky was saying about his church. And we pray, Lord, that you would further cleanse and demolish every stronghold in that church that has been taken over by, by men, Lord, who did not have their heart with you. And Father, we thank you for what you're going to do. May this church prosper. May the leaders, Lord, of the church become attuned to your Holy Spirit. And Father, we pray for the thriving of the churches, Lord, that will turn to you and seek after you and know, Lord, that you are with them. And we pray your protection, for the hedge of protection about every church, Lord, that's preaching the gospel. And may your warring angels, Father, protect them and put a hedge about them. I lift up to you, Lord, Sky and Maria, and I pray that your mighty hand, Father, would teach, would bless, and give the home full sanctity of your love and grace. I lift up to you, Lord John, I pray, God, that you would bless this man, that you would fill his heart with a desire for you, that you would give him full release, Lord, of anything that's holding him back. I lift up Aaron and Celeste to, Elise to you, Father. I pray your manifold blessings over them and give them direction. And give them hope and joy in their lives. And I ask God that you would bless him mightily and just touch him in a mighty way. I pray, Father, that you'd minister to Jacob and Raiden and grow them to men full of grace, full of joy, full of peace. I speak peace over the home. Pray for Olivia, Father. I ask you to bless her and guide her life and her walk with you, Father, that she would be a mighty woman of God. I lift up Melanie and Catherine Cecilia to you, Father. I ask God that you bless that home, that you will teach them mighty and great things, Father. I ask, Lord, that you will give direction to all of our lives. And, Father, as we walk with you in our daily walk, that we'll be certain, Lord, to ask you, Father, your will be done in our hearts, not our will. I pray, Father, for Gwen. I ask, Lord, you be with her and the women that she's studying with tonight. I pray your manifold blessings over that study, Father. And just ask you, God, to bless that church. I pray, Lord, that you would... Give direction to our hearts, Lord, today and tonight. And prepare us, Lord, for a new day as, as you give forth the new day, Lord. Thank you for your grace. For your grace is always pure and strengthens us, Lord, every day. Thank you, Lord, that you said my grace is new every morning. So it never wears out, Father. And we're grace, grateful to you, Father, for all that you do. And we just give you praise in the precious, sweet name of Jesus tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Y'all be blessed.